1: It's Money Monday on The Answer. And as we are privileged to do each Money Monday, we spend some time with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. Josh and I host the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Friday night at 7 p.m. here on The Answer. We invite you to listen to that. Send your questions to bruce at salemmedia.com. We'll get them answered for you either on the weekend or in this segment. And Josh is with Aptus Wealth Management in Lewis Center, 614-917-1040, the number AptusWealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. And I guess we start this week, Josh, with a much more rosy outlook in the markets than we had uh, in June. The market was down and looks like it's uh, experienced some kind of a bounce back. What do you attribute that to?
2: Yeah, depending on who you read, um, you know, last week was was kind of a shockingly important week. Um, economists are saying that you know now we have reached a point in the market where the future looks much brighter that uh, let me explain what I mean by that you know inflationary numbers came out uh, last week uh, they were better than expected the market rallied quite significantly and we kind of pushed through what we talk about in our world is is some resistance lines meaning that you kind of look at the history of the market and you say uh, where did we start where did we dip? and if we bust through this number then very rarely in history has that not meant good things for the future. We we busted through that number last week. So many economists are saying that the future looks brighter. They're going even further and saying that uh, it looks like maybe growth stocks will have a strong rally throughout the remainder of the year. And remember, Bruce, from previous shows, you know, value stocks have done far better than growth stocks year to date. So it it would stand to reason that if something is down much more than the other, it probably has a, a better chance of rebounding more significantly. But Um, Just interesting information to note. You know, the future is yet to be told. We'll see how it plays out. But uh, I guess overall, good news.
1: You can set up your free consultation with Josh and the Aptus Wealth team at 614-917-1040 or do it via the web at aptuswealth, aptuswealth aptuswealth.com. Josh, uh, I thought when Joe Biden said last week after the 8.5% inflation number came out that inflation was zero, I thought, uh, okay, that's just another instance of where he maybe uh, misspoke. Then I saw Kamala Harris say it, and I saw Karine Jean-Pierre, the press secretary, say it from the podium. So it was clearly a talking point. Uh, what do you think of that statement? And are we one bad number away, let's say, the Fed raises interest rates again? We got a lot of momentum from the 8.5 being less than the 9.1 inflation of June. But are we like another bad number away in any sector from giving back the gains that the market experienced last week?
2: You know, the market can be very fickle, and I guess first let me address the 0% inflation. Uh, remember, these are politicians, uh, so they're going to use any information that they can and kind of ignore the details uh, in its entirety. So did we have zero inflation? Inflation did not increase Last month, but it does not mean that we're not in an inflationary time, far more significant than we were just a couple of years ago. But um, is the market sickle? I think is what you're really asking. And uh, yes, the market can be very reactionary in times like these. When you have times that are uncertain, even one or two numbers that, you know, on the surface don't seem like that uh, important. Can have a dramatic effect on volatility and i'm over the belief that regardless of whether or not we end up having a very strong rally throughout the remainder of the year that rally will also be coupled with a tremendous amount of uh volatility so you know i don't think that the next six to twelve months is going to be for the timid doesn't mean there won't be money to be made but uh, you better have your ducks in a row or you might hit some uh panic points
1: so we know the fed has raised rates uh, quite a bit here recently i think the first time ever that they did it by 75 basis points uh back to back The history on this, I guess, and I'm looking at uh, numbers from Alan Blinder, a former Federal Reserve Board vice chairman and a Princeton economist, said there have been 11 money supply tightening cycles since 1965, eight of which were followed by recessions. Can you speak to when people talk about Like it's really hard to quote-unquote thread the needle and bring about a quote-unquote soft landing in the economy? Uh, what are they trying to do with a soft landing, like get the economy to where it doesn't retract as we have had numbers tell us it has done modestly in the last two quarters?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think what we're doing is damage control. Uh, we know that we're in a difficult spot, and by we, I mean, you know, the economists, the, the Fed, uh, the U.S. government knows that they're in a difficult spot. They uh, they're probably not going to admit it, but they overspent. Um, and we're in a position where that puts us in a difficult spot. And how do you how do you handle that? You raise rates to try and offset inflation, but if you raise them too much too quickly, well, it might have a positive impact on in inflation. It can stall out the economy. So, uh, you know, whether they do a good job or a bad job, we'll see. But uh, historically speaking, when we're in times like these, it's not all rosy, uh, which is why I believe what I said before, that while I think that the economy in many sectors will rally and there's money to be made, I think volatility is very much still going to be a part of us. We're, we're on tilt. One number in the wrong direction can cause quite a significant drop in the market. So it's not for the faint of heart over the next six to 12 months.
1: Yeah, that's the sense that I get as well. And we are chatting with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. Josh and I host the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show at 7 p.m. Friday and 2 p.m. Saturday here on The Answer. And you can get a free consultation with Josh and his team to work purposely toward your retirement and understand the volatility that's out there. When you make a decision that is born out of logic and is done in a purposeful way, you're much less likely to be... uh, volatile yourself and worry and lose sleep and all the things that we hope you know you would not do when you do things the right way as it concerns how to grow your money for retirement. So get with Josh and his team at 614-917-1040 or online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. As you converse with clients, do you have an overriding emotion that people have? I would think that after they've been with you and they understand where they're going, peace of mind is there. Maybe with new clients, there's a vast difference in how people approach this kind of uncertain time than there is among your experienced clients or the ones that you've had for a while who understand what they're doing and why they're doing it.
2: I would say whether they're, they're existing clients or new clients, they certainly have uh, an attitude of trepidation as they view the way that the U.S. economy is being run by the federal government, and that is not a Democrat or Republican thing. It's just this general belief that um, maybe we're not being told the whole story. And, and I, I would assume that that's not a new emotion, but it seems to be picking up steam. Um, and there's this belief that, uh, you know, maybe our best interests aren't being taken to heart as we move forward. And that, uh, you know, maybe sometimes in the past, we've had some tailwinds for small businesses, for the economy, for jobs. And most people believe like we're heading into a, a headwind rather than a tailwind. Now, whether or not they're right or wrong, or it's just the, the fact that we have a tremendous amount of social media and news network running 24 hours a day and that's taking hold of people, um, I don't know. But I would say in general, uh, people are optimistic about their own lives and pessimistic about the economy
1: as a whole. Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management is our guest. He joins us every Monday Monday here on The Answer, and you can get a hold of him at Aptus Wealth Management at 614-917-1040. So the Inflation Reduction Act is now going to be into law. They don't really talk about it being an Inflation Reduction Act much. Now they're touting the climate part of it, which, again, is the politics. But I I don't expect you to have read uh, however many thousand pages this bill is. But from what you know of it, from reading various news sources that I know you do in the midst of your research, uh, what's your vibe on what it's going to bring about? I heard Jennifer Granholm, the energy secretary yesterday, touting the uh, immediate savings for people. And she talked about, you know, if you invest in solar panels or an electric car or a heat pump or energy efficient appliances, you know, you're going to get a certain tax credit. And I thought, wait a second, investing means I have to spend. Sometimes I don't mind spending if it is truly an investment, but that doesn't feel to me like that's an immediate savings if I'm spending and then getting a tax credit eight months later.
2: Yeah. I I always struggle with these because, you know, these bills are always touted as uh, helping the middle class, helping the lower class, et cetera. And, and, how are you helping the lower income piece of our economy by telling them that they can save money by spending? It seems silly. Now, that spending, does that spark the economy, boost the stock market? Of course. But if we're focusing on an Inflation Reduction Act to help average Americans or below you know, average income Americans, then, okay, as long as you have money invested in the stock market and enough money to buy stuff, well, then the economy is going to be great for you. Both of those things aren't true so, you know, the, the adage that it's a inflation reduction act, um, I kind of chuckle at that a little bit. Now, whether or not it will actually spur the economy and help the green energy sectors, different stories. So in our office, my objective is how do I ensure that your long-term financial goals become a reality? Um, not necessarily what is the best thing for the overall economy as it relates to politics. And I think there's going to be some opportunities as a result of it but I don't know that it's going to do uh, what you're hearing in the speeches.
1: Yeah, and I think that's uh, why, to me, it makes so much sense for you guys to get together with Josh and his team at Aptus Wealth Management because understanding where things are going is really part of the battle. Set up your free consultation, 614-917-1040 or at AptisWealth, aptiswealth.com. Josh, always great to talk with you. Thanks for your time. Yeah, one of the reasons why I'm encouraged about the PatriotSwitch.com movement is because of sound bites like this. Here's the Moderna CEO. He's a little hard to understand, but what comes through loud and clear is him whining about the fact that Moderna is getting ready to throw away 30 million COVID shots. 30 million. Because nobody anywhere in the world will take them. Listen it's sad to say i'm in the process of throwing 30 million doses into the garbage because nobody wants them uh, we have a big demand problem we right now have uh, governments we try to contact not only Seth. we're doing great work with his team trying to get demand into the countries but also we <laughs> contacted through the washington's in uh, the embassies in washington every country and nobody wants to take them a big demand problem he says they have a big demand problem no you don't have a big demand problem you have a big quality problem. You have a big, uh, you know, problem with the side effects. That's what I was looking for, side effects. You have a side effect problem. You don't have a demand problem. You have a, people are smart enough to understand that they don't want to take it. Ugh. So I find this every time I interact with you about Patriot Switch. My listeners are extremely smart. You know BlackRock, you know Vanguard, you know State Street, and you know nonsense when you hear it. So here's more. More nonsense. Okay. Boston Children's Hospital. I played you a cut last week of a doctor at Boston Children's Hospital talking about transgender sexual reassignment surgery on minors. Okay? On minors. Who's a candidate? Who's a candidate? This is on a video put out by... This is not a... a, Chris Rufo investigative piece, somebody leaked a Zoom call to him. This is a video put out by Boston Children's Hospital. They are proud of this. They are advocating for this on how they identify candidates for transgender surgeries.
3: A child will often know that they are transgender from the moment that they have any ability to express themselves. And parents will often tell us this. We have parents who tell us that their kids, they knew from the minute they were born, practically. And actions like refusing to get a haircut or standing to urinate, trying to stand to urinate, refusing to stand to urinate, trying on siblings' clothing, uh, playing with the, quote, opposite gender toys.
1: Who is she describing? Kids who don't want to get a haircut. Kids who want to try on their brother or sister's clothes, their mom's clothes, their dad's clothes. She's talking about every kid ever is who she's talking about. I mean, they. first of all, it would be easy to make fun of this for the stupidity of it if it weren't so inherently evil. That they would operate and change the sexual makeup Love a child or attempt to, because they can't do it. Uh, This is uh, Tower of Babel stuff, only more nefarious, more duplicitous, more evil. I mean, just just one more time. Now that you know what she's going to say, listen again for the sheer twisted nature of a of an adult who's been gifted, gifted with the ability to be a surgeon, a caregiver. Someone who has taken a Hippocratic oath. Someone who has sworn to what? Do no harm. Not to mention, not to mention how evil the parents must be to go in for this nonsense. Listen to this one more time.
3: A child will often know that they are transgender from the moment that they have any ability to express themselves. And parents will often tell us this. We have parents who tell us that their kids, they knew from the minute they were born practically. They're idiots. And actions like refusing to get a haircut or standing to urinate, trying to stand to urinate, refusing to stand to urinate, trying on siblings' clothing, uh, playing with the, quote, opposite gender, toys, things like that. There is more and more a group of adolescents that we are seeing that really are coming to the realization that they might be trans or gender diverse a little bit later on in their life.
1: No. Absolutely, unequivocally, no. So, your child is getting ready to go to school. Your junior high student is getting ready to go to school. First day of school. More and more of them are going to face this question. And what are your pronouns? So, Linda Harvey of Mission America has provided some uh, interesting guidance on how your child should react. Now, you say, well, you know, they'll just answer he, him, she, hers, bip, bop, boop, whatever you want. No, no, and no. Linda Harvey makes the point Neutrality by cooperation is affirmation of this sick ideology out there. She writes, Any student at school who cooperates with this exercise is saying, yes, children posing as the opposite sex is a perfectly fine option. Trouble is, it's not fine, it's not normal, and it's not healthy. Gender deviance is an insult to common sense, decency, and long-term well-being. It violates the design of Almighty God. Yes, it does. God made them male and female. A holy, perfect God, a loving God, would not make a mistake in the biology of a newborn baby, nor would he visit the psychological, emotional damage upon one child. Oh, sorry, made you wrong. Sex, sorry. He would not do that. That is not a loving God. For people who say, well, I believe in God, but I believe in transgenderism. Describe, this is the question you ask, describe the characteristics of the God you believe in, of the God you worship. Do you worship a perfect God? Or do you worship a God who is capable of making a mistake? And if they say, well, I worship a God that, you know, might make up a mistake or two. You say, well, then he's not God. So Linda Harvey suggests that your elementary schooler respond when asked about their pronouns, I am a girl, or I am a boy, and that's something that will never change. Another possible response, my mom and dad say they don't want me discussing this, and if you have any questions, please call them. Or another response for the elementary school student when asked their pronouns, I just want to learn school lessons, not this pronoun stuff. I also like this one. My dad says there are only boys and girls. That's how God made us. Yes, absolutely, positively, yes. Uh, Linda Harvey for junior hire suggests that they take a copy of their birth certificate to take to school that says that they are male or female and say, here's my birth certificate. No medical intervention will change that fact. Uh, You could also uh, have some fun yanking their chain. You could say, "Uh, let me take that question under advisement. I'll have my family attorney get back to you. (laughs) That's well played. That's well played. So, I say it all the time. Do not go along. Not do not go along because we're trying to be difficult, we're trying to be nasty, we're trying to be snarky. Do not go along because going along is taken as tacit approval.